All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 13th episode of Beyond the Field podcast. Uh, find it on Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Pretty crazy. We're already on episode number 13. It's been three months of consistent episodes, once a week. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, we have David Griffin right now in the waiting room, who's a triple-A ball player for the New York Mets. Um, he went to Curry College, so this is a D3 school in Massachusetts. I'm interested to hear a bunch of his stories. We're going to let him in from the waiting room right now. I'm pretty sure he had a game earlier today, so hopefully he's feeling good and ready to tell us some stories. We got David Griffin joining in now. David, how are you doing? What's good, guys? How's it going? What up, David? What's up? Just to let you know, we are recording already. We, whenever we uh, have interviewees on, we record a little bit before. Join in, so it's you know real raw. We like to hang out, talk it up, chop it up. So if you have any beers that you wanted to drink tonight, crack them open. I can go get some out of my fridge. But uh... I was gonna say I got mine in my I got mine in my fridge right now. I was gonna comment on this Yankees flag in the background first. I was going to oh, my phone was full. Oh, wait, you too. I didn't, I didn't fully think about it. The Yankees flag and, and we got the Mets on today. So I'm sorry. Did you grow up a, a fan of any team or what's, are you a full diehard Mets fan now that you play for them? I actually grew up a Red Sox fan. Really? Wow. Yeah. So growing up, um, I grew up probably like just 30 minutes outside of the city. So yeah, I was a diehard Red Sox fan. Obviously, alliances have changed now because of what's going on in the profession but um no i mean i one thing i always say the same was i always hate rude against the yankees i mean <laughs> anything anytime you get to play against them you get like the adrenaline going a little bit too um yeah. Yeah, funny I story I, yeah I, funny yeah I hate the yankees <laughs> funny story today actually so our clubby one of our club our assistant clubbies in syracuse the kid forgot to do his laundry and this dude decided to roll in a Yankee shirt into a Mets AAA clubhouse before putting on his work uniform. And, <laughs> wow. uh, oh, yeah, he got shamed very hard. <laughs> Real shame. I can't wait to hear That's some of awesome. the clubhouse stories. That's, I mean, I don't know what you wanted to be able to share on throughout the pod today, but we love hearing, you know, all the behind the scenes, off the field, how you get to bond with the guys. Um, maybe just start off by telling the, the listeners a little bit about your story. Um, we always do a little bit of background research on our guys. You just recently joined Elevate, which we're super pumped about. Hopefully mm -hmm. we can help you uh, grow your brand a little bit more on and off the field. Um, but maybe just tell the viewers um, a little bit more about your story of how you've gotten to where you are today, a little bit of day in the life, you know, whatever you want, you know, a little background information for the listeners to know before we get into some of the questions. Yeah, so um, pretty much uh, I was a graduate of a Division three school called Curry College just outside of Boston, Massachusetts. Um, I graduated there in 2018 where I can say I had a very successful college career, which is good. Um, mm -hmm. I, I actually committed to Curry going into my senior year before even playing a varsity inning in high school, which is why. Wow. Yeah. So how did, you, how did you get recruited there then? Yeah, this is what, it's a funny story. So my junior year, I was playing pickup basketball at a YMCA and I landed on a kid's ankle and I broke my like 
uh, tibia, fibia, growth play in my ankle, yeah. everything. So I was shut down my whole junior year, which was supposed to be a big year for me. I was going to be like the starting center fielder, also like pitching as well. And so I had to miss that whole entire year. And obviously like that, like hurt the recruiting process and things like that. Um, but it, it definitely kind of pushed me a little bit further. Like, cause like seeing all my friends have success where at the, the competitiveness in me, I was like, I should be getting these same accolades. Like I know I can compete if not like play better than some of these guys. And it's just like one of those, like, okay, like what do I got to do to get back? Um, Cause at the end of the day for me was, I wanted to just play at the highest level possible. I, for me, it didn't matter what position, whether it was the outfield infield or even pitched. Um, so going into the fall of my senior year, there is a fall showcase league near me all around new England called the showcase league. Um, so I went out and tried out for it. And uh, at the end of it, like, it was funny. Like I, my first few throws from the outfield, like were just on a line rifle at like ground balls, a shortstop, like kind of like the showcase style. I was doing good, like great throws, great range, great, great range, everything like that. And then it comes to the hitting part. First flip in the cage, I swing and miss. <laughs> and there's, there's like, there's like over like probably like 200 people there, like coaches, kids trying out and stuff like that. And at, at the end, they're like, Hey, does like, anybody pitch? And I was like, all right, like I do like, cause in order for me, like I started, like I was able to return that summer of my junior year and play junior Legion. The only thing was cause Legion team didn't want me because I didn't have any numbers. So they're like, there's, we'll just put you on junior Legion. And the only thing I could do at the time was pitch because that was the quicker timetable recovery. I didn't have to run. All I had to do was just throw the ball. So I pitched that summer of my junior year and I did pretty well. So I was like, you know what? Like, screw it. Like, I'll do it. So I went in the bullpen and I threw and they, they radared like your three top fastballs. You threw, I think, like five of each, like five fastballs, five breaking balls, five changeups. And then they would radar in like right down your top three. Um, I had never been radared. So all suddenly I'm like, oh, maybe I'll hit 80, like hopefully. Because like at the time, like I went to a small D3 public high school. Like I haven't been radared or anything like that. So I didn't know like what to look for. And I think my fastballs were 80, 81, 82. Wow. And then the cha- the changes were pretty good. So I was like, oh, like, I'm feeling good, like whatever. And like, I actually, after the tryout, I went on vacation for the weekend with my family. So I did that. And then the results came back Monday and they said, I made as a pitcher on this team. And so I was like, I'm, I'm not a pitcher. I'm an outfielder. And they're like, no, like, trust me, like you're going to play college baseball if you pitch. So I was like, all right, yeah, screw it. Like I'll, I'll pitch. And I was like one of like three pitches on the team. So what they did was the games were every weekend all around New England college campuses. Like we would go to like Bryan one day, URI another week, like fluctuate all like different states and stuff like that. And like you would play like kids in the area, like they were committed to D1 or D2 or even D3. So it was a great recruiting tool for those that were uncommitted. Um, and I ended up doing well and still like some interest, but not from a lot of schools. And then all of a sudden my high school coach was like, Hey, you should look at this, look at Curry college. He's like, I know the head coach there. Cause I, I played for him, but way back in the day, like he'll take you on a visit. I'm like, all right, sounds good. Like my dad went to Curry there. So I already knew like a little bit of the background of the school. So cool. I tore, I, it was funny. I wanted to go there. And then I tore the school and I hate it. And then my parents were like, no, like we, like my parents didn't want me to go there. But then like, once they toured it, they wanted me to go there. Then I was like, no, I don't want to go. And then, um, 
I started to get like not get many offers and I was like like I had Sally Regina told me I should go to prep school for a year and stuff like that and I was like I'm not doing that and so I was like you know what like so I when I did the official visit with Curry I said hey any chance you guys can see me throw like on the weekends and they said well we can't do that however we have an AU team that we run out of Curry if you want to play for the AU team that summer and like you want to like you can just throw that in we'll watch you and that's what I did. So like literally on like two days rest, I go to Curry and I throw a bullpen and the pitching coach and who I'm still very close with to this day, who's now the head coach, like gave me some quick pointers and they had a radar on me. And apparently I was up to like 84, 85. And I was laughing. They're like, what's so funny? I go, I was on two days rest. And they're like, huh? Wow. And yeah. And then for uh, people out there who don't know two days rest, I mean, my elbow would definitely be, be hurt. And I'm a pitcher too. I, I throw at the university of Tampa right now and two days rest. I, I would, I'm not, I'm not feeling too good the next day. Yeah. I mean, I threw like, it was a two to four innings or whatever it was that that weekend. And then I came back on Tuesday, that Tuesday and threw like a 25, 30 pitch pen right afterwards. Um, wow. And then so they were like, hey, were any of the schools recruiting you? And I said, I only have these two schools, but I'm not so interested. Well, they're like, well, if you choose to come to Curry, like, you'll have a spot. And I was like, all right, cool. And time went by, and I, and I wasn't getting the interest I wanted. And I was like, you know what? Like, Curry gave me a roster spot, like, and it's close to home, stuff like that. And I go, I want to play. Like, I want to go to a place where I'm going to play. Didn't matter if it was D1, D2, or D3. I just wanted to play college. So Which is I was a really like, important right. lesson. Yeah. Playing yeah, is so, so I, important. Yeah, so I finally like I just I committed to Curry, which was really cool. And then um and then at that point I committed to Curry and then uh my future college roommate who happens to be one of my best friends to this day, he reaches out to me through a uh, a mutual friend and he was like, Hey man, I heard you commit to Curry, congrats, stuff like that. And he was like, Hey, come play for the AU team out of Curry. So that's why I did. So I had a whole summer going to my freshman year playing for the pitching coach who was the head coach of this 18U team. So I mm. had a summer to get kind of groomed getting ready for college, which is, which is great. Um, so then I came into my freshman year and Curry didn't have the best year. They were like nine or whatever the year before. And there was like me and like 11 other freshmen. And our head coach was like, hey, like freshman, like obviously like do your freshman duties, but don't be afraid to play for a job. All right, say yeah. less. And obviously, like back in the day in the CCC, you would have four conference games a weekend. So you, there was four games where you could throw from. And I was told that I was going to be a conference starter even before um, the season started. Like I knew like going into the fall, they're like, yeah, you're going to be a conference starter. And I was like, okay, cool. Like didn't matter to me with those game one or game four. Like all those games matter. So it really didn't matter who I was throwing against. But I mean, I burst onto the scene, had a really good freshman year. I think I went like, when it was all said and done, it was like seven and one with like a 1.5 ERA, in like 60 innings. Yeah. I'm looking at the stats right now. Cause you slipped it in that you had a good career and I was looking at it before and I didn't fully get to look at it and 238 in the third innings, um, a 208 career ERA um, freshman year, you did throw 62 in a third. It's interesting. Your junior, uh, your sophomore and junior year, you threw the exact same amount of innings. You threw 67 points. Yeah one innings each year um 2.5 era two era and then your senior year 41 and a third uh inning so it looks like maybe you were hurt for a little bit or or something no we actually played less games um 
my freshman to junior year, we'd always have two extra or I would get two extra starts because we would go down to Atlanta and play Oglethorpe University for a weekend series before going on our spring break. So at that point, I would get like a start in Atlanta. And then because like the weather conditions or whatever, like I never I didn't I didn't have as much starts at that point my senior year. So just because I'm missing out on that and the other stuff, like my innings did dwindle. But crazy that you have 18 career complete games too in college. I mean, that just doesn't happen much anymore. Wild stuff. <laughs> yeah, I the funny thing so was you just I got didn't a rubber realize, arm over there. I'm mean, not anymore. I mean, they used all four years of all eligibility. The like they, oh my god, yeah. By the time my senior <laughs> year rolled around, no, I'm not kidding. By the time my senior year rolled around, I developed uh, in my like my pronator in my forearm uh, tendinosis, which is like a like a hot, like a very like intense form of tendonitis where I couldn't bend my arm. Uh, I couldn't straighten out my arm. So like, yeah, I'm like sitting in my phone right now, like holding you guy, like just on my phone, my right arm. But like, I would get like stabbing sensations in my arm. Like I couldn't type, I couldn't turn, turn a doorknob unless without ibuprofen. So I would literally would not pick up a baseball until the day I pitched in the day I pitched, I would have a thousand milligrams of ibuprofen and biofreeze my whole arm. Oh my God. Whatever works. Dude, that, and when yeah. was this during? This was during my season in 2018, and I never missed a start. Oh my god, that's so crazy! Like now, even I don't know, you know, many coaches that would be like, "Oh right, yeah, you can't, you're you're good, you don't have to touch the ball all week," and then just keep going out there and have the trust in you to just feel but good. You enough didn't, to... you didn't even like, like you didn't um, uh, like have any catch like during the week or throw a bullpen. Like the first time you threw the ball was was on the mound. Uh, I would do like catch play a little bit during the week, but like say <laughs> they wanted me to throw a bullpen, I'd say, nah, screw that. I'm throwing in I'm throwing an inning on the Wednesday game. Now that was my bullpen. Like I like I'm the captain now. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, I'm not wasting on a bullpen. I go, if you if if I'm like, if I'm gonna if you're gonna use me, like throw me in the game. Like they 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 had a lot of trust in me too. Like, I mean, yeah. obviously I developed a great relationship with them over the years. But, like, it literally gets to the point, like, sometimes I would walk down the bullpen and I'd be like, hey, like, I'm going to go throw in this game. Like. <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm gonna, I just took the Advil. I'm ready to start throwing. Yeah. Like, I think the one thing they realized, too, was uh, I did get on, like, a very hot streak my freshman year towards the playoffs. So, uh, what was it? The quarterfinals or whatever against Roger Williams, I – went a complete game which was nine innings like 120 pitches and i believe like in like the my third inning i allowed a run and then everything else was like zeros and then we make it to the championship i'm i'm thinking i'm going game two because that's how it lined up because we went whoever went the first game of the playoffs went game one of the championship and then i went i thought i was gonna go game two they decide they're gonna go with our number four who hasn't thrown this whole series this whole playoffs, which we kind of had a three-headed monster in our starting pitching. Like they rode three guys to the ground. It was, you weren't going to the bullpen unless it was a shit like day. Like, unless like we were mm -hmm. getting blown out. Yeah. And so like, like you could tell like they just abused us, which was like old school. But like, for me, like I, I've learned, I've learned to develop that workload. Um, no. So then the championship game, I come in, it's three, one. My first pitch, I throw a guy hits a triple down the line that scores a run. Guy gets thrown out trying to go to an extra base. So the run scores. It's not counted towards me. And this is like in the fourth inning or so to end the fourth inning. 
we end up tying it in the eighth on a three-run home run, and we walk it off in the ninth to win the championship. I allowed zero base runners, no walks, no hits afterwards. And it was like literally like I, I'm like literally like I'm throwing the, like my baseball like 60 miles an hour, like warming up to go into this game. Like my arms hurting. I'm like, wow. I, I was pissed. So I started long tossing like in between games to prove a point. And then I was yeah. like, I probably shouldn't have done that. But um, no. So then we hit a game. How do you think that oh, hits yeah. the other team mentally where, you, where they see you just go out and throw X amount of pitches and then long toss in between games? Like what? <laughs> yeah. So they, um, yeah. So pretty much yeah, we end up walking it off. Like in the ninth inning, like after we hit the game tying home run, like I go out there in the ninth and so much adrenaline kicked in. It was just boom, 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 strike one, boom, or one out, boom, boom, two outs. I had a seven pitch inning with two punches. And I'm walking off the field as a freshman. I look at our dugout. I go, we're fucking winning this fucking game. Like F-bombs, like left and right. And my coach at the time, who was from South Boston, like grew up with Buddy Bolger. If you guys ever seen uh, Dark Mass, he's like the Boston like monster of like the 19, I want to say like 70s and 80s. So like this guy's like not a guy you want to cross with. So my, my coach was like, hey. And like, I'm, I'm like, oh shit. And he goes, what girl said, we're fucking walking off. And then... <laughs> So we end up walking off and then I get the first start instead of the four year senior ace, they give me the start for our regional opener. And we're playing, I think Wellesley, who's like the two seed, they were like ranked, I think like 15th in the country. I end up going complete game shutout, two hits, 10 Ks, no walks. So I, I had like a scoreless streak of like, I want to say almost 20 innings. Wow. And I like that just set the tone for everything going forward. Like I got the future, like I then got an invite to the futures league tryout, like a summer collegiate ball. And then I got signed out of that thing. And then I just missed the cups of being an all-star. And then I was like top 15 league in strikeouts. And then I like, everything just kind of built up and progressed from there. And then like, I never worked out in college either. Like my thing was the only arm care I was doing was 12 ounce curls. Like I never picked up a, Oh, I never picked up a weight. I never worked out in college or any of that shit. I literally was just like, I did stim and ice, whatever, stim and heat. And then I just like, ibuprofen. That's it. That's so crazy because you you obviously know like what baseball players do now for training and what colleges do now. <clears throat> and it's like, you know, if, if you're telling your coach, hey, I'm not going to lift, they're going to be like, oh, why are you being lazy? Why are you not doing this? But obviously for you, it helped you get to where you are in your career today. Yeah, I mean, looking back, yeah, looking back at it, I wish I lived, I knew more, like I, I would live and stuff like that, because it was like, like I would get, I would be tired towards the end of the year and stuff like that. Like I would have to take like a two week period and build myself back up, like throwing wise and stuff like that. And then when I was all said and done, when I graduated Curry, um, like, I, I was, I had a pre-draft workout with the Atlanta Braves. Like I threw with one of the like cross checkers and stuff like that. And they're like, all right, like, we'll, um, we'll get back to you or whatever. And the funny thing was like, one of them asked me, they're like, Hey, do you know what your velo was? Normally I go probably like 85. Why? And this is my senior year. And they go, uh, no, we had you in a game versus Roger Williams where you were up to 93. And like, I was like, and this is, this is before I worked out or anything like that. And like, I look at my buddy who was catching me, I go, you hurt, you heard it, not me. I didn't say it. And, um, 
But the thing was that that game, I was pissed off on a whole different reason. But the first, and they were like, I think they were one in the conference. Like, I think they had one loss. They were like nine and one in conference. And we were dead last. I, I started the game. The first 13 batters, I had 12 strikeouts. Hmm. Really funny. So how, when did like the uh, MLB team start to come into play? Or like, were you getting recruited out of Curry? Because you, you went and played indie ball first before yeah. um, so, signing. So tell a little bit about that. Yeah. So fun fact to this day, I still don't know who from the New York Mets saw me and signed me. Don't know. Really? Um, yeah. So I wonder if it's like some big joke, like they, they all know who, but they don't want to tell you now that, you know, you're, you've been in there and you've been throwing. They're like, oh, let's just not tell them. Make them not yeah. know for his whole life. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so after I graduated college, like I did it, I had an indie ball tryout with a team in the Can-Am League. And at that point they had me go 60 pitches on back-to-back days and my arm just couldn't hold up. I was like, I need to go home and like rest my arm. Like I'm not in shape for this. Like, I need to go to physical therapy or something. Um, so then I, I decided to retire and work a nine-to-five sales job in Boston for a corporation. Like, I was doing wow, outside so sales. Like, during the indie ball tryouts, like, when you tried out no, for this, indie ball? This is, this is this is, like, before. Like, I graduated oh. college. I got invited to a tryout, and they were keeping me around. And I said, I said I'm actually going to go home because I literally need to, like, I cannot move my arm. So I was like, we'll see what happens. And then just like my arm just wasn't getting any better. So I was just like, all right, time to hang it up. And then as I started working this nine to five job, like obviously like when you first graduate college, you're trying to figure out who you are outside of your sport. Because obviously like part of our identities are like, oh, like we're a baseball player. We play at this school. Like this is the memories we have. And I couldn't quite figure out like what I wanted to do off the field, like outside of baseball because I've been around it for so much and I dedicate so much time to it. And like, I was just miserable and stuff like that. And I was like, for like, I remember like looking back on the year, cause like I was, it was fast, like it was about to be 2019, like January 1st. I was like, if I lifted and I took care of my body, I wonder what could have happened with my baseball career. Cause everyone was like, yeah. Oh, we thought you would, you would go pro stuff like that. Like get kids that I played against. Like I had college coaches from division three schools that I like in my conference, come up to me when I graduate and they said, dude, like with your stuff, like, like depending on if your team could hit, like you probably would have gone undefeated your college career. Like yeah. they were, they were just like, it's, some, it, it's definitely something we like talking about on this podcast too, is the off the field. Um, like how you try to, what hobbies you have, what you like to do off the field. And this is a really interesting story of how, you know, once you graduated, you didn't know what you wanted to do. And then, you know, coming back into indie ball, I'm, I'm excited to hear how, how that came about. Yeah. So, so I obviously, I told myself, I was like, Hey, listen, like if I took care of my body, I'm going to go in, I'm going to start going to the gym and start, start training, um, beginning of 2019, like, and somebody it's funny how like the baseball world comes full circle. Like, obviously I knew Nico from, uh, Becker when he was there, just like when I threw there, uh, that one time, and now, like, obviously, you guys have Elevator going on, and you guys bring me in. So this is kind of like a similar story. So one of my teammates from my freshman year summer ball was from, like, the next town over for me, and his dad owned a baseball facility in my hometown. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll try to get into coaching first. So I drive over to the facility, and I start talking to him, and he's like, dude, like, check out this new gym, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, this is a beautiful gym. Like, we got a strength coach. Like, he'll, he'll help you out. 
So I was like, Hey dude, like I kind of want to get back into like playing baseball. Like I want to go, I want to try to play professionally. And he was like, yeah, I'll leave you cage space. But the only thing is like, if you're going to go work out with Joe, like you have to pay him. I go, I go, that's fine. So I, I, I walk into the gym. I talked to Joe and we were from like the neighboring towns and stuff like that. But Joe was kind of giving me a hard time. He was like, well, the last kid from your hometown, I trained a college teammate of yours. He only went to two lifts and then left me high and dry. And I said, well, what time do you want to lift? He said, 7 PM. I showed up at six o'clock and I said, fuck it. I go, I'm here. Like, teach me the basics. Like, like my initial baseline barbell deadlift was 185 for one. Nine months later, after my indie ball year, I was 500 in a nine month Benching span. 500? No, deadlifting 500. Deadlifting. Wow. I, I was, you went from uh, 180 wow. to 500. Yeah. Nine month span almost. That yeah, sounds so, like a great trainer. Who, where was the facility? What was the facility's name? Uh, Atlantic Sports Performance. Um, cool. The trainer was. The, uh, Joe Coyne was the strength coach who now actually just got his uh, physical therapy certification from uh, Tufts University, which is cool to see. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. So when I graduated college, I was 170. And by the time I was getting ready to go pursue pro ball, I was 190. Um, but uh, I decided to quit my sales job after a five day boys trip to Vegas. Really? Sounds like that would be a good time. <laughs> yeah, especially after losing two grand in gambling and slot machines and stuff like that. But um, no, so so no, it was one of those things where I, I caught myself, kept waking up early and I kept going to the gym. And I was like, dude, if you can wake up early and go to the gym on a, on a Vegas bender, like you owe it to yourself to go pursue baseball. So after I got back from the trip, I quit my, my sales job. I worked a few odd jobs here and there, but when I was in the Futures Collegiate League, all that was like all my college summers, I knew the commissioner quite well, and he had te- and he had texted me saying, "Hey, if you don't get drafted, I can get you on an indie ball team." So I was like, "All right, sounds good." So I texted him in 2019. I was like, "Hey, Chris, like I'm trying to get like back into indie ball. Like, do you know any places I could go to?" And he was like, "I'm surprised you're not down at spring training." I was like, "What do you mean?" He goes. I know a bunch of guys that are doing an indie ball camp right now to get guys ready for their indie balls, like spring training. So he puts me in touch with them and he was like, yeah, we got a spot for you. Come on down. So I drive to Florida and stay in a motel for two weeks, not even guaranteed of a, of a job. I go down there, I do well. And I'm one of like three guys from this camp to get a contract for one of the teams. And I end up signing with the Lake Erie crushers in the frontier league out of Ohio. So I go to the spring training and I do well, but I get released because the only thing I had going for me was a fastball. I couldn't locate anything else. So now Where was the velo at right about this time? I was 91 to 93. Nice. Um, so now I'm like, all right, I got two options. I can either go back to Boston and start from square one, or I can stay out in Indiana where I had relatives, which was a closer drive. And Indiana at that point, a lot of like the indie ball leagues were like the central part of the country. So uh, Chris Hall, who was the commissioner of the Futures League at the time, the guy that uh, helped me out with indie ball, he was like, stay in that area. I'm going to get you a workout with one of the teams in that area. And I said, all right, sounds good. So I get, I get offered to throw a tryout for um, the Chicago Dogs ran by manager Butch Hobson, who used to be oh, a major yeah. league manager. I know someone who's played So there. Yeah, so I go to throw a bullpen and – 
as I'm throwing it, Butch is asking me questions. And there's another guy that's like watching off to the side. And this guy happened to do like, he's a consultant for various indie ball teams, but he also like, what he does is he helps indie ball free agent players get contracts. Like he gives them places to train and stuff like that. It's called the Joe Torrey black sauce. Um, so yeah. So Joe, I actually know Joe, I, I played against his team in the summer all the time. That guy is, I mean, one, he's out of his mind crazy, but he is yeah. he, like the way that he runs the business and gets guys signed is very, very impressive. Exactly. Like I can, I mean, him and I, we've like, I'll go into this more later. Like we've had our disagreements at times, but I've also, it's one of those, like, if it wasn't for him, I would not be where I am. What I mean by that is, so he sees me and he was a consultant at the time for the Gary South Shore Railcats. And so he sees them and, he goes, hey, if you're around in a few more days, I'm going to be in Gary, Indiana, which is closer to where you were staying. If you want to throw a bullpen in front of the manager, you can do that. So I was like, all right. So I go and do that. And the, the pitching coach for Gary saw me. He likes my info, takes it all down, looks at my college numbers, obviously good numbers. So he's like, we'll be in touch. I'm like, all right, cool. Three weeks, I hear nothing. Meanwhile, I'm like living at my relative's lake house in the middle of nowhere in Indiana. Like literally like the only reason I had service was Wi-Fi. And all of a sudden, as I told my dad, I call him. I'm like, hey, just come out and visit, and then we'll drive back to Boston. So we hit the golf course, and I think it's like the sixth hole. I hit a shot, and I realized I got a missed phone call from a Gary Indiana number. I'm like, that's weird. Play the voicemail, saying as a pitching coach for the Gary Railcast, looking to get a hold of me. I call him back, nothing. So at this point, I'm not golfing. I stop in my golf cart, and they call me. And they said, hey, David. I said, yeah. They said, hey, this is Alan Keanu, pitching coach of the Gary Railcats. How are you doing? I said, good. He goes, question for you. Where are you, or what are your plans in the future? I said, I'm about to go back to Boston in like two days. And he's like, well, where are you right now? I said, Lafayette, Indiana. It's about an hour and a half, or it's, a, it's an hour and a half drive, but with the time zone change, it's 30 minutes. I go, I'm 30 minutes from Gary. And he goes, all right. He goes, uh, do you have your passport on you? I go, yeah. He goes, well, don't get mad if I ask you this. He goes, is do you have like a clean criminal record? And I said, yeah, I do. And he goes, all right, because obviously you wouldn't be allowed to get into Canada. If that's the case, but we're going to Canada for a road trip. And we need, we need to be a pitcher. Can you make it? I left the golf course immediately. Um, I go back, wow. I pack up my stuff. Uh, I, I go back, I pack my stuff up. I go to the stadium, get to the stadium at midnight, bus leaves for Winnipeg, Canada, 16 hour bus ride. First day I get up there, I don't get I don't get activated. Second day, I do get activated. I make my professional baseball debut. I go two perfect innings, six up, six down. So now I'm like, this is great. Happy, but I'm also learning to be a reliever. So I'm learning a new role. And this is where not knowing how to take care of your body comes back to bite you. Over time, I strain my forearm flexor, my other side of my right of my elbow. And I have to get a PRP injection, mm. which that's about a 90 day timetable return. And you got to build yourself back up. And now you got to start having command. I come back after 90 days and my command's sporadic. Walking dudes, everything like that. And I blow a game pretty bad. And the manager pulls me into his office afterwards. And it was like, I bring you in to give me three fucking outs and you can't even give me two, like whatever. Like just like, mother effing me and i'm like i understand it's a heat of emotion stuff like that he goes he goes i'm releasing you 
So mm. now I'm like, like now I'm already in my own head. This just looks like the nail in the coffin. So I'm like, what the fuck do I do from here? So I pack up my stuff. I leave the stadium and I'm driving back to my host family. He calls me up again. He, he apologized for how he handled it. Um, and he was like, Hey, like, listen, like, I know you were starting in college. Like I, I see a lot of potential in you. Like how would you, like, if we can make it work, like, would you be open to starting? Which so he at this point, you and then calls you and then asks if you want to be a starter. Yeah. So I turned it down because he, he didn't put in the paperwork yet. So I turned him down because like, I need to like, for me, it was like, like I get released. I was utterly embarrassed by everything. It was even worse when the pitching coach told me in that locker room or in the manager's office that he thinks nobody in that clubhouse can uh, has faith in me to get somebody out. So I was like, yeah, like all right. I was like, all right, bet. Yeah. yeah. And um, so all of a sudden, uh, so he offers me a chance to start. I say, I say, I don't know right now. He's like, well, think about it and I'll call you the next day. I said, all right, sounds good. He calls me up before a game and offers like, Hey, I got these two dates here. Like, are you interested? I say, no, I said, I, I need to get ready for spring next year, spring training. I go, if you can give me an invite, I'll do that. He's like, David, I can't guarantee that. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, skip. Like, I'm sorry. Like I got to figure this shit out. So he's like, well, I wish you best of luck. So the game ends. So the, or the phone call ends. I wake up to a missed phone call by him the next day. I look at the box score. We were up 6-0 in the ninth inning to this one team and lose 7-6 to six without recording a single out in the ninth. So wow. now I'm like, you motherfuck me for getting, not getting two outs, but yet we just lose a seven-run game. We just lose a six-run lead without recording a single out in the ninth. So I call him back, nothing. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'm driving home. I start driving to Boston. I get to the Ohio border. Joe Torrey goes, calls me, and I say, hey, Joe, what's going on? He goes, dude, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, dude, I heard you got offered two starts and you said no. I was like, dude, I got to figure out what the hell I'm doing. What's wrong? And he goes, why did you say no to the starts? And he, I was like, I just don't have confidence. He goes, he goes, why not bet on yourself? Like, you have a chance to get two starts at professional level. And if you do well, you probably have a spot for next year. Now, if you don't, now you know you try to at least give it a shot. I mean, he didn't say those kind of words. He kind of lit a fire under my ass. And I was like, all right, fuck mm. it. Like, let's go. So. We get it squared away. I'm like, yeah, I'm coming back. My first start, the first batter I face is I love a home run. I end up going, I think, four and two-thirds, one hit, one run, no walks, like four punchies, and that was the home run. Wow. So now I have, I have the second to last game of the year facing the same team. I get the start for that. I go – I take a no-hitter into the sixth inning with, like, one walk, and I, let a, I allow a hit, like, one out of the fifth or one out of the sixth and I get pulled, but it was absolutely night and day for me. Just like starting and everything like that. Like I did well. And they offered me a spot to come back. And he was like, like David, I'll, I'll say like your whole demeanor swish. Like what was the difference? And I was like, to be honest, when, when somebody tells me I can't do something like that and disrespects me, I'm not going to tolerate that. Yeah. Sure. That's, and, that's, a, that's a and, huge, a huge motivator. Yeah, exactly. And then, so now COVID year happens, stuff like that. So leading up to the 2020 year, I get a free agent workout with the Milwaukee Brewers. So I fly out to Arizona and I'm doing this workout and I'm throwing a bullpen with the TrackMan and all that stuff. And it's my first time like understanding TrackMan and like being in the analytical side of baseball. 
So I throw this bullpen, they give me the results and they're like, Hey, we're not going to sign you right now. Cause like, you're not throwing 95. And I'm like, all right, whatever. That's, I'll still have a season to get ready for. And then COVID hits, shuts everything down. I'm training back home. And one of my buddies who went to this prep school called Christian Academy up in Maine was like, Hey, I'm going to work with this guy named, named Carson Cross, who happens to be a pitching coach in the Milwaukee Brewers organization. And I was like, no shit. I was like, do you mind if I tag along? He was like, sure, go for it. So I come up as well. I meet Carson and we start chatting. And I said, Carson, I go, I had a free agent workout with the Brewers in February. And he goes, oh shit. And he goes, I was at that workout. Like which bullpen, which mound did you throw off of? And I said, I was the one furthest to the left side of the fence. He goes, dude, I worked the track man for that, for that workout. I was, I was literally holding the track man for your bullpen. Now I'm like, no shit. So now I'm like, I got to work with this dude now. Like I got to start training with him and stuff like that. And because he already has the inside details of like what I do in my metrics and stuff like that. So at that point, like we get a better understanding of like what I am as a pitcher, what's best for me and stuff like that. So I groom my whole 2020 offseason, getting ready for 2021, working with Carson and stuff like that. And I still work with him in the offseason. Then just, I think my third year working with him. And so going to 2021, I start off the year and Gary has started. I'm doing well. Um, I'm like, Carson, I'm like, sign. I'm like, when am I going to get signed? Stuff like that. He's like, dude, like be patient, stuff like that. Um, and then all of a sudden I'm about to hop on a bus to Kansas city with our team. And I get left back on the bus trip. And I'm like, because right now I did get into a little bit of a heated debate with my manager because I asked for something. Like I told the ground screw to not, to like not soak the field. And, my, and I kind of got motherfucked for it afterwards. But I was like, skip, like, I didn't know I, could, I did. Like, that's why I didn't know. Like, I couldn't do that. But at the same yeah. time, too, like, I go, I don't regret doing it because he was on my ass for me to finally have a good start. And I ended up going seven deep, one run versus a team, that, the first place team in the division that was on a 12-game win streak. So I'm like, I'm sorry that I did it, but I don't regret it. Like, you've been on me to have a good start and have a good start. Yeah. And then – um so then you get yes. to pro ball after that, soon after that? Yeah, so right so right after um right after the, like the bus trip, like I'm about to I'm about to go on the bus and I get called in the office. He's like, David, like obviously you like run a three-game road trip, like you just threw, like you're probably not gonna throw the series, so we're keeping you back. I'm like, all right, understandable, like whatever. And he goes, We're gonna get you ready for your Saturday start, but it's not gonna be for us. And I'm like, what do you mean? So then he starts talking about like how he's seen me grown and mature since like I was a young kid out of college. He goes, with that being said, the New York Mets called 15 minutes ago and they bought your contract. I'm like, wow, this is, this is 1145 central time. So it's 1245 on the East coast. So he was like, we'll pack up your stuff. Um, best of luck with everything. Obviously go call your folks. Here's the number of somebody in the organization for you to like get a hold of. I'm like, all right, cool. So That's I walk out, I walk out of the locker room. And everyone's kind of looking at me like, did he get released? Like, I, I got ghost face. And they're like, did he get released? So I sit down next to my locker buddy who I had for two years, my locker mate. And he goes, you're not coming on the trip? I go, no, I'm leaving. And he was like, what, you get released? I go, no. He goes, he goes what, you get traded? I go, no, I got picked up. So all of a sudden he goes, holy fuck, who'd you, who picked you up? And I go, the New York Mets. And now everybody in the locker room is kind of freaking out. And they're like, dude, like, I thought you got released, like whatever. So that was really cool. That's so I got a cool my- story. Yeah, so I, I got goosebumps. So I, I, I call my parents. I call my dad, who my dad's normally always on his phone, stuff like that. Uh, but obviously, it's a shot in the dark. Like, it's 1245 their time. He's probably asleep. No answer. 
I call my mom whose phone could be either here or New Jersey. <laughs> like literally call, call her. She picks up on the first ring and goes, what's wrong? I'm like, wake up dad. And she's like, is everything okay? I go, yes, just wake him up. Put me on speaker. So, they, so I put him on speaker and I tell him the news. They go, oh, like, like, I'm like, I just got signed by the Mets. And they're like, oh my God, that's so awesome. Of course, motherly instinct. You're not driving right now, I hope. I go, no, I go, I have to pack up my locker. And then I'm, I got to go back to my host family, pack up my stuff in the morning. Then I'll head out. So she's like, oh my God, it's awesome. Congratulations, whatever. And I hang up the phone. And now I start telling my buddies the news. They're all excited. 30 minutes later, my parents call me back. Holy fuck, you got signed. Like, then it yeah, hit them. Yeah, that's so awesome. <laughs> Did it hit them right so at they, first? Uh, at first, no. They were like half asleep. So. Yeah, so you got to get, you got to start driving to where was this Mets organization that you were going to play with? Uh, I was going to meet up with them in Delaware. It was the high A team for the Cyclones. And then I was dropping my car off in Boston and then flying down to Florida to the spring training complex. Wow. But uh, so what are the biggest differences you've seen in indie ball and professional ball so far? Because you've gotten a lot of both experiences. You started at a D3 level, then you go play indie ball. And now, you know, you're working your way through the Mets organization. So what has been the biggest differences you've seen? Um, from in indie ball, like, obviously there's like approaches, like some hitters have approached, like some guys just like, all right, you know what? I came here just to put up numbers and have a good time. Um, like people ask me, like, what's the difference in, between getting signed from indie ball to affiliate? Like I say for indie ball, you have to put up, you have to have numbers, like, and you have to have like good stats to back it up or even sh like, yeah, like analytics really don't mean anything in indie ball. If you want to get signed to affiliate, like not only you have to have some some kind of track record, but you have to show potential, whether it's an outlier pitch within your analytics, maybe it's like your extension, something like that. Like yeah. in affiliate, you have to show potential. Like they'll give you the chance to kind of like develop within like one to two years. But then after that, it's totally up to you to see how you go, especially at the higher levels. Like it becomes sink or swim for you. Like I almost got released at the beginning of the year because I didn't really have any good secondary pitches. All of a sudden, I came to spring training, like my changeup clicked, but I couldn't figure out a slider. I figured out my slider that I'm throwing this year, two weeks left into spring training. And now it's my best pitch currently, which is crazy. Yeah. And out of all of these experiences you've been talking to us about, like what do you think the most memorable moment or game that sticks Ooh. out in your head. Um, that kind of is something that could be a cool story for the listeners to hear. Probably my like coolest or probably the most memorable outing I've had in affiliate so far was my last star of the year in high A 21. Um, Cause this one's like a little bit of a sentimental one for me. Um, my aunt, who's also my godmother, she lived with my family for a couple of years. She had a heart transplant like way back when I was in high school. And she's been dealing with like, she has need all kinds of drugs and medications to like help her function and stuff like that. And it was her first chance to watch me pitch professionally in person. So she drove out to Coney Island, watched me have my last start of the year. And I end up going five and two or five and a third, eight strikeouts, one hit, one walk. Nice. And I had a no hitter going into the sixth inning. And so like, obviously like that meant a lot to me, but the, like the funny moment was, apparently this was like the fourth or fifth inning and her heart monitor is going off. Like literally her doctors in Boston are calling her like saying, you need to get the emergency room. Like your heart, your heart uh, rate is through the roof. And she's like, I kind of can't because I'm in New York city and my nephew is throwing a no hit. 
in, and that's my first time watching him in pro ball. So like hearing that story afterwards, like it was really cool. I think that was the most memorable moment for my pro ball career so far, which I think is like a sentimental wow. moment. It's nice. So, and I kind of wanted to to bring it back, like way back to the beginning. So we're we're back when in junior year, and you haven't made a varsity start yet, and then you step on somebody's ankle, and then you get hurt. I kind of want to just hear a little bit about the your mentality, like going from being hurt like that and not playing to like coming back and doing what you did. Yeah, I mean, a lot of us injuries, athletes, injuries are yeah always a part of the game. Gotta so take, it's yeah. cool to hear. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's frustrating too because it's like obviously like we've grew up like every year, like every time a springtime rolled around, we're all like, oh, like we're getting ready to play baseball and it's fun. But like those that seriously like had like live and die from baseball. Like for me, like, like if I wasn't playing, I was depressed almost. Like my grades would just sink down, stuff like that. It was just like, it became such an identity for me. And I loved the game so much where for me, I didn't care what it took to get back to it. Like, yeah, was I stressing a little bit, but I was like, I also had to figure out like I wasn't the most talented player, but the hard work and like the, the drive was going to get me to where I need to be. Like baseball is all about consistency. If you can be consistent for a long period of time, you're going to have success because mm-hmm. baseball is a roller coaster up and down. So for me, it was like I was injured. I just wanted to get back out there. I didn't care what I was doing. And that's why I was like, yeah, I'll start pitching right away. I don't care. Like with no real pitching lessons beforehand. Yeah. And yeah. Over time, yeah, I did end up getting lessons going into my senior spring season of of high school. But at that time, I was just throwing the throw. Like I, they're like, "Oh, you have a good arm here. Just throw. Who cares?" So, is there I just is there any there. players you try to mold your game like now? Any pitchers out there that you you try and mold your? You know, do you ever watch any videos of how certain pitchers hold their changeups or sliders or or anyone out there? Yeah, um, for a while, for me, Verlander was a big guy like his mechanics and stuff like that. I like, I liked to emulate. Um, but I mean, it just became more of like, I love watching Jose Fernandez pitch rest in peace, like seeing his story too, like coming up from like literally high A going straight to the big leagues. Like that was really cool. Um, but I mean, in your own way, like you try to, you try to see like study everybody and then pick little things that, that can connect to you. Like, I don't, I don't say like, I like to emulate my game after anyone. It's just like, I like to be like myself, if mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. Um, because then if you start comparing yourself to others, like I already know, like I'm already on, like a much, I'm very, I'm already on a very different path compared to everybody else. Like I wasn't at draft pick. It wasn't anything like that. So it's like, you really can't compare yourselves into to others, especially in this setting. Yeah, definitely. I got and a quick are, question. Um, I, I got a quick question. I want to jump in. Um, so Dave, as as a guy who played D three and you weren't really drafted, is what is it like within um, your team now? Like, do you see that you face challenges because you aren't like like you weren't like a top five round draft pick or like you know like you got there in such like a different way? Like, do you find that you see that you know there are challenges like within the organization? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, I'm I'm definitely forcing some hands right now too because like. Like last year, I was the yo-yo. Like I went from starting in high A as a starting pitcher, starting in double A as a starting pitcher, even filling in for triple A for two weeks as a starting pitcher, come back to double A, get moved to the bullpen. And then the trade deadline happened. And I think the high A team lost two of the starting pitchers. So they were like, well, who the hell are we going to have throw? And I still had starter innings and workloads. So they're like, all right. So they sent me down to high A to be long relief out of the bullpen. 
And that was for like a week or so, which I, I showed that like I shouldn't be there because I, I did really well. So then I went back up to double A and, and went back to relieving. And then I started to do better as a like long relief. And then at that point with guys getting injured and they're like, they made me a starter by the end of the season. But like, I mean, I'm very dispensable. Like they can just say, like, you know what? Like this is minimum wage guy. Like he, he can do that. So like just finding ways to be versatile. Like they changed me into a reliever this year. Like I trained to be a reliever this off season. And then all suddenly like, I'm getting told I'm getting a spot start in AAA and then I do well. And then I go five innings in relief the next outing. And now they're saying, Hey, guess what? You're a starter now. And then they throw me, they throw me 90 pitches yesterday, which was the first time since 2021 that I've thrown that many pitches. Like, and I, I, I know I'm forcing hands because they were supposed to keep me to send a screen training to start the year. Like I wasn't going to break with the teams to start the year because a number is getting like, like roster spots, how much money they give this guy prospects, et cetera. And yeah, I just don't want to bring up right there, like the, the one thing that stands out about what you just said is forcing hands. You said it a few times right there. And I yeah. think that's something that the listeners should definitely should definitely like hear about a little bit more. Like you have to put in enough work to where you, you don't give them any other choice but to keep you around. Like you want to go in a little bit about how forcing hands is like a, a big part of how you're staying in the game right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's also a mindset, too. Like last year, I was like, Oh, I got to have this or I got to be this. Now I'm just like, you know what? To be honest, fuck it. Like what, I, as long as I got a ball and I'm playing, I'm cool with it. And I think that's kind of what's helped me out for this year. Like I got to put in some situations this year. Like I'm like, all right, like, all right, I'm here. Let's roll. Fuck it. Just yeah. go. And I've had, some, I've had some success off of it, but now it's like, now that I'm starting to show potential, I'm starting to turn some heads, but it took time. Like, I had to change who I was as a pitcher. Like normally I was a fastball power pitcher. Now I'm throwing the kitchen sink to everyone and I'm being unpredictable. Like I'm finding ways not only to better myself, but give myself better results and make me the most efficient pitcher that I can be. Really cool. This has been really, really cool. Something that starting to wrap up the interview a little bit, we want to keep them around 45 minutes to, to an hour, but what are some of the goals you have in the future for on the field and and off the field you know like what are some short-term girl goals long-term goals what are you uh what are you striving for in the future yeah i mean obviously in the future everybody's goal at the end of the day in affiliate ball or even even indie ball is if you're playing like you want to make it to the big leagues like i want to like i want to make my major league debut at some point like if you asked me about two months ago if that was a very real possibility for me at the time i would have said probably not because i know like how things are working on the inside. And like, I like, obviously there are guys that had better years than I like, I didn't have a good year last year. Like I know that, but now it, I'm starting to get confidence in myself again, like back to those college days where I could just throw strikes. And, and the thing is too, like I'm throwing all my pitches in the strike zone. So now they don't know what to expect. Like I'm becoming mm -hmm. more complete of a pitcher and more polished. And I think that's, what's helping me out. Um, is there any routines just, that you think have helped you get back into feeling yourself? Honestly, just try, try not to think so much because if you're, if you're so gung-ho in your routine, shit can change, rain delay, something like that. Like, like even for an example, like I had to start yesterday, like in between a double header, I made a mistake on, on the, the clock management and I had to rush myself to get ready. And I, I walked three guys in the first inning and, and hit a dude. And I ended up, I end up going like five and two thirds of an inning, but I also allowed five walks. And even though I had two earned runs. Like, it was just one of those things, like, if you're so gung-ho in your routine, like, you're going to get in your own head. Like, baseball yeah, is such a mental like sport. 
it's really not you versus them. It's you versus you. And then once you realize that the toughest competitor is you, whether it's like, oh, I don't want to do this, or I'm too stubborn to do this. Oh, no, I can't do that. Oh, actually, I can. Like, it opens up many doors. Really cool. It's like uh, adapt or die. Something we say on our team. It's like adapt or die. It's time to time to go. Pretty much, because so, you never know. Like, as long as you're ready for an opportunity and you hold your own, like you're gonna get your shot. Yeah. So a little cool thing we like to do uh, to wrap up all the interviews is we we get a scratch off ticket uh, for our interviewees, and uh, I scratch it off. Hopefully, we we hit a big. We literally have not won like any sort of real money yet. I'm feeling good due. about this one. I think we're Thank due. Um, Nico and Mark, if you guys have any more questions as I scratch this off, David, if you have any questions for us, um, we like blocking out this time and talking with our Elevate athletes and some non-Elevate athletes so that we get to build a little more of a relationship face-to-face. So anything you have for us, Mark, Nico, anything you guys have left before we uh, wrap this podcast I kind of just had a, a random question about um... – your bus trip uh when you first got called up for that i i, I remember it was uh you got called up for your first start and then you drive to the stadium then you take a 16-hour bus trip right how was that oh, bus for, trip for what to indie ball like that first actual one yeah that first no, actual I, one I, I i didn't start i came out of the bullpen i was in relief so what i'm wondering is how how is that bus ride with the other players like being you're just getting called up and you got to go like right now, like, and then you're getting on a bus with 30, 40 new guys. Like, how is that, how is that, that ride? I mean, I mean, we're all, it was also in the middle of the night, like the bus left at midnight. So people were sleeping. I mean, yeah, we did have a stop in uh, like, I think it was Fargo, North Dakota or something like that. And like, I was obviously at that point, guys came up to me and introduced themselves like, Hey, I'm blah, blah, blah. And it's like, David, nice to meet you and stuff like that. I mean, they know you're part of the team. So they're going to ask you questions like, Hey, like where you're from? Just try to find like an icebreaker to get guys going because obviously it's very awkward walking into a locker room for the first time if you don't know anyone. Like it's a whole new environment, stuff like that. You got to adapt to the culture and stuff like that. So they just try to make it as an easy transition as they can. 100%. Also, Sorry to show you a, a big yeah. fat loser. Another loser. Um, of, another loser. I don't know where I'm buying these scratch offs. I think we might need Nico or Mark to go try a different state. Because obviously Florida is not working for us right now. <laughs> David, I, you know me as um, as a huge Mets fan. I, I gotta know, like, was it like being around like all these guys who are kind of killing it for us? Because you guys had a uh, uh, Brett Beatty around, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mauricio, and stuff like that. Like, what has it been like kind of playing with those dudes who are like on the cusp of you know really making it? Yeah, I mean it's really cool to see. It's it's good to see. I mean, I mean they work hard too. Like people always will ask like, Oh, like, yeah, you have to hype around them. Like, is it actually like that like hype? And you're like, no, it is like, you see these guys putting the work day in and day out. Like they're very focused on the craft. Like, like they're, they're also like nice guys too. Like I haven't had anyone that's been a real douchebag in the system at all. Like everyone's been nice. Like it's just nothing but positive reviews between the players, the staff members, everything like that. And it's like, like everybody wants everybody to succeed. And they're finding ways yeah. to get each other better. And I think that's like a great start to establishing a culture, not only for a team, but for like an organization. That's great. Yeah. Very cool. So wrapping up today, David, we really appreciate you taking the time. We know you had a game earlier today. So finding the time to get on here with us was really cool. We really appreciate that. Um, hopefully we'll have you on again soon, uh, maybe towards the end of the season after you have another season on underneath your belt. And, you know, hopefully you're getting a call and keep moving your way up the ranks. We're, we're really pulling for you. So, 
anything you need, obviously you have all of our numbers. We're going to keep working for you on our end, um, but keep grinding on the field and, and we'll keep uh, rooting for you. Yeah. Appreciate it guys. Thank you. And you might want to change those flags to Mets, but uh, yeah. I just get a Griffin jersey something. When you get the call, I'll, I'll, I'll buy a Mets flag and uh, a David Griffin jersey. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, cool. Appreciate it, David. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys.